Like, this is the thing that, that comes to my mind, and today's message is, is the way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And we're going to get there in just a second, but I just want you to think about this. And I've noticed this, I think it's just louder this week because this happened and Lee and I have spent an extraordinary amount of time together. Y'all need to pray for her because, phew, I'm not the most patient person in the world. So if I'm not sleeping at night, I want the whole world to know that I'm not sleeping, if y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's been a blessing. But I just want y'all to consider this, this thought. Whose way do you try to follow? Like, that sounds so simple, right? Whose way do I try to follow? It sounds simple because it's like, duh, I try to follow Jesus' way. But when it boils down to it, it's my way or the highway. Do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say my way or the highway? Three of you do. If you have kids, do you know what I'm talking about when you say to your kid, it's my way or the highway? I can't point my microphone at you, so I got to do like this. If you don't know what that feels like, if you don't, know what I'm talking about today. Maybe you live on a different planet than me, or maybe you live in a different world than me, but everybody at some level is selfish, and everybody at some level understands that we want it our way right away at Burger King now. Do you know what I mean? Like, y'all remember that one, if you're old, I guess, but like, but this is the question, right? Which way do we go? What's the direction? Which way do we, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? Like, you got all these things that you want to say, and this whole series is about identity, and, and I am, and like this, all this stuff. So, so which way do we go from here? What do we do? Because in the last couple weeks, here's what we faced as a nation. The racial tension and the difficulty that, that most people don't want to talk about most of the time. They want to hide it, and then when it comes out, they'll talk about it. But see, it's been over a week, so now we shouldn't talk about it anymore, should, should we? And I feel like now we should talk about it more than we did even last week because it's when everybody else is sweeping it under the rug. And and then there's other things, by the way. In in everything in my life, I decide if it's going to be my way or if it's going to be his way. And, And I get so caught up. I get so caught up in what I want and in what I hope that you'll do for me. And and if I do something for my wife, everybody... At the end of the day, the reason that I do it for her is so she can do something for me. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Two people know what I'm talking about. This isn't a good time for y'all to be quiet, man. I need some help in here. We were at some friend's house the other night. I won't won't go into detail because I just looked at a couple of them in conversations. But it is amazing. Let me just say, if you're not married in here but you're dating, learn what it really means to get married before you take that next step, everybody, because it's crazy, because we're so different. Because women have men figured out, and men have women figured out, and if we would just figure out that we ain't got nothing figured out, we could get started. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Shoo! I'm not blaming the ladies, because in my house, most of the time, I'm the problem. And the reason that I'm the problem is because I want it my way. way. And it's like the biggest tension, I think, that we face. It's the biggest tension at our workplace. It's the biggest tension at everything that we do is he didn't do that my way. He, did, he didn't say that the way that I want him to say it, so he's wrong. And it's a constant struggle. It's a constant battle is I want it my way. But this is what Jesus said in John chapter 6. Y'all look at this. Jesus said to them, y'all, I just don't do over-the-ear mics, but I can't hold a microphone. So y'all just going to have to bear with me because I'm about to. I'm about to cry. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. But this is the deal. We have probably read this, if you grew up in church, you've probably read this a hundred times. But what does that really mean? What is the way? What is he talking about? Because if this is just a get-out-of-hell-free card, and this is just like the way to salvation, and that's it. If this is just about praying a prayer, and then wham, bam, thank you, man, we're done, and then we get to go do it our way. Then, then everything that we're doing today is pointless because we should just get people to, pr to pray a prayer and to say something and then to be done with it. But that's not what it's about, y'all excuse me. Mm. I cannot find one of these that work. It's just going to have to work. All right, we're just going to let it fall. Y'all just going to go with it. We're going to use the handheld like this, and it's going to be crazy. But <laughs> it's crazy. But I always want it my way with Jesus. And this is the problem is I want to have Jesus in my life, Christians. I'm talking to you right now. I want to have Jesus in my life, but I want him to just be part of it. He's not the whole way. He's not the whole truth. And he's not the whole life. He's just, he's just a way to happiness and a way to get my thing and, and a way for me to do my thing and just go through the motions. But he's not the answer to everything. And so what is the way? What is it? What does this really mean? Did y'all know this? Did y'all know this? Did y'all know that the way was actually what Christians were called for the first three and a half centuries of Christianity? Did you know the word Christian was actually a derogatory term like, like some of us call other races? Maybe it's just in our homes Maybe it's not something that you would say in public, or maybe you've never said that, and I hope that's the case. But even if it's tongue-in-cheek and you don't even know it's wrong, we often do things like that toward other people, and that's what the word Christian was until 325 A.D. Christian was not something you wanted to be called. Christian was something that the populace or the majority of the people called the followers of Jesus. But what they were called is disciples of the way. Y'all ever seen the Jesus fish? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like the ichthus and we've seen it and we're like, oh, I know what that is. That's recognizable. That is, that is, the purpose of that, by the way, is when people were walking in a certain direction, they would do half the fish and the other person would finish it and they knew that they were part of a fraternity or a group called the way. It was not, it was not just a prayer and, and you're done. It was a way of life. It was the way that you lived your life. It was a sold out, I'm following him with everything in my life. But the problem is we have begun to define Christian however we want to define it. And we make it fit in our bubble in our lives. And so our identity is somewhat, a little bit, sometimes uh, affected by Jesus. But we wouldn't say we're followers of the way. I just wanted to show you some verses in here, um, in Acts, and then, like, this is Paul speaking. And it's actually Luke writing this, but, it, but it's, it's dealing with Paul's life. And it shows you them calling this the way. It says... It says, she followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way, everybody say the way, way. of salvation. Look at the next one, Acts chapter 19. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning, what is it? The way. 
the way. Concerning the way. Next one. I persecuted. This is Paul speaking to the high priest in this verse. And he said, listen, I persecuted this way even to death. Paul stood when, when Stephen was stoned to death. Paul was a persecutor of the way. Paul, Paul did everything he could to end the way. And, and it says that I was a persecutor of the way, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. I was a persecutor of this way. And then the last one is Paul standing with King Agrippa in Caesarea and giving, giving a proclamation to a Roman official. And at this point, he was pleading for his life, and this is what he said. But I confess to you that according to, what is it? The way, which they call a sect, they being the populace, they, they call us, and the sect that they called it was Christian. Listen, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written by the prophets. I follow this way. And like, this was so weird to everybody because like, they didn't understand. And so, I need y'all to stay with me and just listen to this, what I'm about to say. And if y'all haven't listened up to this point, lean in right now. Most of the time, what we criticize is what we don't understand. Like, the things that we don't understand in life, why in the world would that race of people be so bent out of shape about this thing and not worry about this thing? And why would, this race, why would this group of people be so worried about this thing and not this? And we worry so much about these certain things. And we go crazy about certain things. And most of the time, it's what we don't understand. And do you know what we do just in our tension? Listen to me. Because we don't understand it, our carnal hearts say, you should do it my way. And we call them names. Maybe, maybe I'm the only person in the room that struggles was not doing it God's way every time. But most of the time, when people frustrate me, or I get tired, rather than go to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do? I just point fingers at them and say, you should have done it my way. You should have done it my way. I'm not worried about God's way at this point. I'm not worried about what God would have me do. I'm not worried about all that other stuff. I'm just worried about my way. Because it's my way or the highway. And God... I don't, I don't even care about that group of people. You know what? I don't even think we would ever say this. Y'all listen to this. I don't even think we would say with our mouths publicly, I don't care about that group of people. But our actions speak so loud, y'all. I'm just going to speak candidly with you. And I feel the freedom to do this. This may offend you, and I certainly, that's, nothing could be further from the goal today. But here's the deal. If the church, for the last 20 centuries, to be honest with you, but I'm only alive today, and so I'm only responsible for me today, not for what the church has done, capital C, for the last 20 centuries, but if the church, just in our lifetimes, would have done it Jesus' way, this world would not look like it looks. I get so frustrated when I see people I'm not talking about any of y'all in particular. I'm just telling you in general. When I see people losing their minds about politics and could care less about the way. 
They sprinkle Jesus into the equation and think that that's enough. Or they punch their ticket on Sunday mornings and they say, well, I've done my Jesus thing, so that's enough. And then they lose their stinking minds over you don't vote for the person that I vote for. I've heard people say this this week. And if I could have written it down, I would have. But I've got my right arm's gone and I'm right-handed, so I'm just kind of scribbled. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But like, I saw people this week say, I can't believe a Christian could be a Democrat. I can't believe a Christian could be a Republican. Literally. I saw it this week and I just laughed out loud and said, I hope y'all come Sunday. <laughs> because this is what they said. You are not doing this my way. And I am as guilty as any human being, even in Christianity, wanting it my way. I judge people because you don't do it my way. I look at people because you might love somebody a little bit different than I do. And I tend to flock toward what I look like. In the same social group, in the same ethnic group, in the same status group. And instead of loving on groups that don't look like me, oh sure, I might put a 140 character tweet out there and make y'all think that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. But when it comes down to it, when I'm living in my flesh, I just want it my way. And then I say things like this. I wonder why the world needs Jesus so bad, and they just won't turn to him. I say things like, God, help us. The world needs Jesus. And can I just tell you that that is true? But Jesus is in this room through the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of each one of you that call yourselves followers of his. And so what the world needs is not for Jesus to put a flesh suit back on and come to the earth, but he needs Christians to do it the way that he planned it and not the way that we've decided we can do it as long as it fits my social, economic, and thought life in my way. Because here's the deal. This is what religion says do it this way, and do it that way, and do it this way, and do it that way, and follow these following things, and you'll be okay. And Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus, Jesus didn't give us a list of 150,000 different things to do like we put on each other. You're not a good whatever because you don't do this, 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 this. And the problem is, Listen to this. When I define Christian, like if I, if I gave y'all a sheet of paper right now and I said, I want you to define a Christian right now, I would get an unbelievable amount of answers. Do y'all know that? Because it is so open-ended. When, when we go to um, Israel, there are four different quarters in Jerusalem in the old city. And one of them is called the Christian Quarter. <clears throat> Let me just say this, and I'm going to try to be as kind as I can. If that's Christian, it's a, it's, it's a mix of different denominations, probably the largest being, um, my mind just went blank, Armenian. And I'm not, I don't know any Armenians, I don't think, but, and I'm not mad at them or anything, but I'm just telling you, there's not a whole lot of kindness. Can I just say it that way? I felt much more kindness in the Muslim section than I did in the Christian section as a quote-unquote Christian. Because, because 
all I have to do to be a Christian is believe about that man named Jesus. And then I'm labeled a Christian. And we have hung our hat on a label for so long that the world doesn't want what we have because all we have is a label and then our way. A label and then hate. A label and then bigotry. A label and then a country that will be okay with, if I offend you, I love you with the love of the Lord, I'm just going to be okay with offending you today. A label and then a country that was cool with slavery, quote unquote, founded on Christian principles. We, we were cool with it. We fought for it, everybody. I'm proud to be from the South, and I'm proud that I live in the South now, and I don't want to go up North. That's the reason that all of them moved down here, everybody. But I love y'all. I'm glad y'all are here. But I'm not proud that the main reason that we fought that war, and we can argue this, and y'all can send me an email, just send it to Austin's email, and I'll read it eventually. <laughs> I'm not proud that the main reason that the war came up was whether or not it was cool to have property for a human being. I'm not proud of that. And for every person that was mad at me when I said, I think we should take down that flag, and you said I should never get into politics, I don't believe that that is politics. And you can call it whatever you want to. I believe that is his way. Why? Well, I'm fixing to show you. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> ah, shameless plug. Shameless into this. Let me just show you when the word Christian was first introduced, everybody. Let me show you when the name Christian was first called. In Acts chapter 11, it says, and this is so fascinating, everybody, because if you watch the news at all, you heard about the coup that was taking place in Turkey and it didn't work, but there's still a lot of turmoil. And Antioch is actually in Turkey. We think of Jerusalem as like the epicenter where everything happens, but everybody from Jerusalem was at this time going to Turkey like, what's going on here? Everything's going crazy. Everything's going nuts. I can't believe this is taking place. And it said, and, and, and he had found, excuse me, had found him and brought, this is Saul who became Paul, a Christian, uh, when he trusted Christ, to Antioch for a whole year. And they met with the church in Antioch and a great many people and in Antioch, the disciples, everybody say disciples, were first called Christians. Now, y'all need to know this. They were not called Christians by each other. That was the first time that Rome began to say something crazy going on in Antioch. We'll call them Christians, those Christ followers. And then there's times that you can look up, and I didn't put any more verses about this, but it is fascinating to me to see this. I want y'all to do some homework. For those of you that like to study and like this kind of stuff, and look up this man named Cornelius Tacitus. That Tacitus is T-A-C-I-T-U-S. Ta Cornelius Tacitus. My history people in here have probably heard of him. He was one of the great Roman historians in the days of Jesus. Actually, just after Jesus, especially in Paul. He, he hated the emperor Nero. And he wrote about Nero, who burned down Rome in 64 AD. And then listen... He was getting some political pushback, and this is what Tacitus actually wrote. Because of his hatred for the quote-unquote so-called Christians by the populace, he pointed the finger at them. The only reason Nero, who was crazy, and his goal was to wipe out all Christians, because he didn't understand them, and he hated them, and they wouldn't follow everything that he said to follow. And he tried to kill every one of the disciples, the followers of Jesus. And because of this, he, he just wanted everybody to hate them. Now, 
This fascinates me beyond anything is Tacitus was not a follower of Jesus. I don't even think he liked Christians. But he hated Nero more because he knew how bad Nero was. And so he wrote the truth. And you can find out so much. If you don't even want to read the Bible and you're not a follower of Jesus, you can find out the truth even by reading Tacitus' writings. It's fascinating. And this is what you learn by this. I need y'all to, to, to hear this because I, I love history. Church history is one of my favorite things to study. And so I'm going to go nerd on y'all for just a minute. From the days of Paul, when Nero took over as emperor, until the days of Jesus, I'm sorry, until the day, from the days of Jesus with Paul, all the way until 325, when Constantine took over as emperor and made the Roman church Christian, more than six and a half million Christians were martyred, killed, murdered for their faith. More than six and a half million. Multiple Roman emperors said, my goal is to wipe them off the face of the earth so they're no longer a problem. And Christianity grew every single year with millions of Christians dying. You see, we complain that we've got it bad in this country. And I'm thankful for what we have in this country. Because I don't have it bad. Standing up here in a sling with my ibuprofen that I'm pounding like candy right now, everybody, and getting to stand up to you in a free nation with health care, with everything else that I have, being able to stand up and declare the name of Jesus, not having to worry if someone's going to come in here and shut us down because we declare Jesus and we have rights and freedoms to declare what we believe is truth. But this is the difference in the so-called Christians then and the so-called Christians now. Look at this. Most Christians just want to add Jesus to their way of life. This is how I think about it. Y'all forgive me because I've been eating a lot because there's nothing else to do except sleep, eat, and watch TV, everybody, right now. So this is the way I think about it. I like a good steak. If y'all don't like to eat red meat, then God help you. I don't even know what to say right now. But I love a ribeye. I'm just telling you. And my favorite way to cook a ribeye is to rub it in the right kind of this. It's just a certain kind of rub, and it's salt with this other stuff in it, and you just rub it on. But did you know when I add that to it, it doesn't change the fact that it's still a ribeye, and the ribeye is still the main ingredient, and it's still real good. It just gives it a little seasoning. See, this is what I think the problem is. We think Jesus is the salt. But Jesus said, you know that verse that Jordan preached last week in Matthew 5, you're the light of the world, right before that said you're the salt of the earth? Jesus said you're the sprinkle, but he's the light. He's the true light that shines through you, and he's the true meat that I'm trying to give you. If you think that I am anything more than a messenger, I'm not the message, everybody. He's the message. He's the hope. He's the way, and he's the only hope that we can possibly have. And we want to give people Jesus as long as they'll do it my way. But if they're living a life any different than what I want them to live, I'm done with them. I back off, and I say, you're not worth forgiving. You're not worth loving, and I'm, go and I'm walking out because we want to add Jesus like a little bit of salt to our life, but we still want to do it our way. And so listen to me right now. If you don't get anything else from this message, get this. Jesus is not salt that adds to your equation. Jesus is the equation. To truly be a disciple. Being a disciple means Jesus and his kingdom is my way of life. They are the entire equation, period. 
He and he alone is what my purpose is. I don't care what your job is, everybody. I know all of y'all are not going to be pastors, and nor should you be. You're supposed to do exactly what God calls you to do, but the purpose doesn't change. His purpose for you doesn't change. And if, if we would ever realize that being a disciple, is it, the reason that we don't want to call ourselves this is because it's so definable. But this is what, if you'll just read the New Testament and read the words of Jesus over and over and over and over and over, he talks about being my disciple, being my disciple, being my disciple. The word Christian didn't come out of Jesus' mouth. He wasn't saying be a little Christ. And they were mocking the people, saying they were trying to be like him, which is an honor. But that's not why they say it today. They don't even know that that's what it means now when they call us that. It's just a big group of people that identify, I believe that there was a dude that walked around in a robe and maybe hung on a cross. But the word disciple means a pupil, one who directly follows and emulates in everything that I do. And here's the deal. This is what's so awesome. I was going to read it to you, and I'm, I'm not going to read it to you just for the sake of time. But I want y'all to read Ephesians 1 because I read it probably 15 times the last couple of days to the point that it might have been the medicine too. This really might have been that. But I was just getting up screaming and yelling and just so excited because y'all, I have an inheritance and a calling that is sealed Sealed, confirmed. I don't have to work hard for it. I'm, it's already there in Christ Jesus. I am who he said I am in Christ Jesus. But he did not call you to get out of hell free and get this little ticket he can punch and then walk out the door and do your thing. He called you to his way and his truth and his life. And everything is about him. And I don't get to just, just add him to my equation and think that that's enough. Because that's why, listen everybody, that's why we feel so hopeless and we say, well, I prayed a prayer, Pastor. I did the thing that you said I should do. And I try to add Jesus to my marriage. He doesn't want you to add him to your marriage. He wants him to be at the center of your marriage. And every time I want to do arguments and, and, and get back and, and do all those things with my wife and my kids and, and, and some of y'all that I do life with, if I just stop and think about what Jesus said, it changes everything. Look at these verses. Thomas, this is so fascinating because I want y'all to remember these verses and then what I'm about to read because it's the last verses what I'm about to read. To close it out are going to be the last verses in 13, which points to this in 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we have no idea where we're going, man. We're frustrated and confused. Do y'all ever feel that way? God, I know you want me to do these things, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, man. I'm just so frustrated. I feel like every door in my life is shutting. I just want to cry. How can we know the way, God? Jesus said to him, you're looking at the way, bro. Follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. I just, I, I wanted to put some verses in here that have the way in it that are verses that I just cling to. I've quoted these so many times to y'all. He leads me in paths. That word literally translates in Hebrew, way or ways of righteousness for his name's sake. 
That's the purpose, everybody. That's why I do what I do, and that's why he leads me where I'm going, so that I can make much of him and glorify his name. Next verse. I just think this is crazy. The, Mark Pangle's heart has a way that I think is right. You know what I mean? I know where I want to go. I, I have this, this four points thing all planned out. But the Lord establishes his steps, and that word is the same word. The Lord is the one that establishes the way, everybody. I don't have to. I just have to follow him. So this is what I want to close with. And this is kind of how I want you to just think. And this is the part that I want you to ask yourself, whose way have I been doing? If this is really what Christianity looked like, the two verses that I'm going to read right now, there would not have been World War I, World War II, a civil war, all those things that I described earlier that defended half the room. There wouldn't have been hatred in our families and standoffs with churches and difficulties that last for generations and brothers and sisters that haven't talked for years. Because at the end of the day, I can blame anything that I want to blame, but I want it my way. And so if you don't do it my way, I don't show you unconditional God love. But this is what Jesus said. A new commandment, John 13. This is the end of John chapter 13, and then it points to the way. It's like, I'm the way. This is how you do it. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another by this, by this one thing, by this one thing. Not by all the cool things that you do and how well you preach and, and if you hold a mic or have the thing falling off your ear and all the other stuff that you do and, and how many different mission trips you go on and how good you look and how, all, by this one thing. All people will know that you're my disciples, which is what really our calling is, not to be a Christian, but to be a disciple. If you have love for one another, if you love each other. I just wonder today, in the last week, how many times we had opportunities to love people in our lives that were complete and total jerks to us for whatever reason. And we said, I'm not going to love you because you didn't do it my way. Or even people that are easy to love, right? Our good friends that look like us and sound like us and act like us. I just wonder what the world would look like if we ever really listened to Jesus. Because we say we know all about him and we're very knowledgeable about Jesus and what he did. And the most significant event in human history was the fact that Christ died, was buried, and then raised from the dead for us and took the keys of death and hell. And we do have a great inheritance in Christ and all these things are true and that's what we, our, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But I'm just telling you this, the world doesn't want all of those stories that you want to tell them and standing on the side of the road with a bullhorn. The world needs your love. This place is hopeless, everybody. Like if you can't watch the news and just look out 
and feel a deep anguish for everything that's going on, then you live in a different world than I do. I don't know that it's worse than it's ever been. I, maybe, maybe we just have more media and more cell phones than we've ever had that can take pictures of what the reality has been for a long time. I just know this. I don't want to be a part of a small C church in the capital C church world that is not making a difference for the cause of the kingdom of God. And the only way that will really make a difference is love. Not by how well we preach, not by how many flyers we pass out, not by all the things that we do. That's what religion says we have to do. Jesus said, this is how they're going to know. Love one another. Love one another. So here's your call. Here's your homework. Here's your, here's your goal this week. Think about the people in your life that you've neglected in love and how everything could change if you would just love them. How that could look so different if you could just love them. I, I know, y'all, that there has been hell that some of y'all have faced this week. I know. I know what some of y'all have faced. And I know that they don't deserve it. But I'm just telling you this, you can preach till you're blue in the face. And this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the, with, with the tongues of angels, but have not love, then I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. I'm just, I'm just vibrations and noise that never has a receptacle to hear it. Y'all have heard this saying probably your whole lives. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. We're not going to do it just for the sake of doing it. We're going to do it carrying the banner of Jesus Christ, everybody. That's the difference we can make. And here's the deal. I believe a bunch of y'all walked in here today and said, I can't make a difference for the cause of Jesus. This should give all of you hope. You do not have to be the best looking you don't have to be the most likely to succeed. I wasn't that, by the way. D means degree, praise the Lord. But I, like, I, I wasn't, I, some of y'all will get that later, but y'all are with me on the D means degree thing, so I understand. Listen, we don't have to be anything that's special in the world says we need to be. We need to be one thing, Christ's love in us and out of us. That's it. I'm not saying you shouldn't study the Bible. When his word abides in us, then it changes us. How do I keep myself pure? By living according to his word. But this is how they're going to know if we love each other. If we love each other. So you'll decide this today. Actually, right now. Am I going to leave here and say, it's my way? Or am I going to leave here and say, you're the only way. And I'm going to do it your way. Let's pray. God, I just pray that whatever it is that you want to do, for whoever it is that you want to do it in, that we'll leave here not the same, but we'll leave here with your love being planted in us, changing us forever, and walking in your love. God, your love never fails. It never runs out. It never gives up. It's always true. Your love is new every morning, and your faithfulness is new every morning. And God, since your love is new when we don't feel like it, and God, I experienced that all week. But you were there. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your name is so great and greatly to be praised. Lord, our purpose is to glorify and honor you, but not work harder, just simply loving each other. 
and showing your great love that you've done in us. God, what an amazing testimony it will be because I'm declaring in Jesus' name that this house will be a house that loves people and people come to experience hope. That fathers who are so far from their sons and daughters will begin to come home and say, what's wrong with you? Why are you treating me so kindly? It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit in me. That the relationships at work that are so strained because of people that are just jerks, God, that we'll just, just begin to show them the love that you showed us first. And that there'll be a great movement that takes place, not by working hard, not by great preaching, not by great worship, and we're thankful for great worship and thankful for great volunteers and everything that we get to do, but it's your love. That's the only thing that will change this world. That's the only thing that will break down the racial barriers of this world. That's the only thing that will change lives. So God, I just pray for the people that you're dealing with right now. They'll make a commitment to never be the same and do it in God's love. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Y'all stand with us.